Um, so, you know, when, when you're going to do something for the Lord and you know it's going to go off good, the enemy attacks all kinds of crazy things, um, trying to get this projector inflatable screen up and struggled with that. And Tyler says, hey, let's grab the bigger fan from the bounce house up there. And we put that on there. The thing's like, like angry stood up. So that was good. So hopefully everything goes well for that. Um, Derek and Joanna and Keala, Rita, Tyler. Am I missing anybody else from where Derek go? There you are. Anybody else that you had helping with worship? I covered everybody. Good, because I'm not as old as I really think I am. Uh, my memory's not good. Um, just so you guys know, um, Derek um, goes to school here. He's in the music program and stuff. He's been doing worship at his church and stuff. And God really laid it on my heart this year to have him do worship. Well, normally we have the youth do Monday, Tuesday. We have a guest worship person on Wednesday down at the beach. Um, and then on Thursday night is our closing ceremony. We usually have uh, a surprise guest and so forth, um, not just speaking, but then also doing music. Well, you know, during the school year, I had all these contacts come to me. Hey, if you need a worship band, you got this. If you need this, you got that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, it didn't matter how many times I tried to get someone lined up for Wednesday or Thursday. It just kept falling through. And I was talking to Derek. And I go, Derek, I'm talking to you not as your friend, not as someone that's doing surf camp, but as a pastor. God's told me I need to stretch you. So I'm having you lead worship. And he says, okay, cool. But I didn't tell him about Wednesday and Thursday until Monday when we're leaving. Yeah. I'm like, dude, um, I'll, you know, God's got this plan for you, and it's huge. And I know it's a lot. 16, right? 16. He's a big guy, so he kind of looks older than 16. Um, don't cross him. He's bigger than you. But anyway, he has this such a heart to worship in that. And uh, he just stepped up. He said, cool, I'll do it. And, man, it was amazing. It was amazing. When we're down at Old Man's Beach, this is kind of like what it looks like. You know, we got the big old bonfire fire pit, and all the kids want to go in the water, but this is the time where they make we make everybody put on their clothes. It's called Old Man's Beach for a reason. If you're a surfer, it's one of the hottest spots because you could, you could ride three or four sets before you even come into the shore just over and over and over. The waves just keep going, and you just watch it all night long, and you just see them until it's dark. They're out there surfing. We don't let them out in the water then. It's all full of rocks and stuff, and then we have to worry about everybody cold and, and everything. But we sit around a bonfire like this. No, we don't sing Kumbaya, but we do s'mores. But we do a message there. And in order to do a message at the beach, you have to project. Not everybody has a little mouth, but a loud mouth like mine. And it's hard to project. Well, it's hard to project worship, too, because you cannot amplify it. Derek and Joanna and Tyler, Tyler, you did go home there, too, right? Or no? No go home there. Okay. Okay. So anyway, phenomenal. So Derek and you guys, so awesome. So awesome. Um, anybody that was a leader, stand up. Anybody that was a leader? Yeah, Rita, there you go. Good. Okay. These are brave souls. They're all there with 68 kids, 70 kids. And that's not all. We had a total of 14 of them. And they gave their heart. They gave their dedication. What? 17 adults. 17 adults. Oh, I left mine out. I was still a kid. So, okay. All right. So let's give them a round of applause. All right. Okay. Um, 
We had other people behind the scene that drove, drove kids down to the beach, came home, waited around till Friday came, drove back down, picked up kids and brought them back. We can't do this without help, and it's awesome. Mr. Cook here, he drove down. He goes, I just want to come down. Oh, well, we're Thursday. We're not doing any surfing. That's okay. I'll just help. And he stays the night, and he was locked in his little car, sleeping and that. And he just helped us break down and everything. And so many other people, Marshall, we're, we're, there you are. He took down the kitchen the night before. Um, that's a big pass. Patrick helped and everything. So long story short, behind the scenes of camp are many, many laboring hands, many, many prayers. Um, we feel the prayers of all of you. Um, you know, I think when I first started doing the youth with the church, I come running down the aisle with surfboards and it's snowing outside and I'm screaming. Everybody's looking at me. Where'd this guy come from? Someone lit his pants on fire. Put him out. And that was the introduction to surf camp. And that was six years now. And they still think I'm weird, but they're getting used to it. Um, but you guys pray for us. You guys donate money. Um, just so you know, we had a love gift come. We actually were able to buy our own sound system for the years to come. Um, totally awesome. Uh, that was a score God, you know, just like our, our van and everything. But um, we have a couple that would like to share some testimony of what um, happened at camp. Um, where, where are you? There you are. Will you come on down, Mercy? Let's hear Mercy. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Mercy Wisner, and this is my first time going to surf camp. And I just wanted to say that I had a blast, and I, it was amazing. So uh, it was super fun. We did all sorts of activities. Like, one of them was surfing, obviously. And I took any chance I could to go surfing. And once I stood up, I fell immediately and got beat up by the waves. But in that experience, it's something I'll remember forever, even though it hurt. <laughs> and then uh, the most important thing was it was amazing seeing God work in the camp, seeing him go into every camper's life and seeing him working in the hearts of every camper there. Uh, it was awesome to watch people accept Christ, you know? Like, this time it wasn't me accepting Christ for the first time. It was watching others accept him, and it was thrilling to see because it's something you don't see very often. People's lives are being changed right in front of you, right as you're watching them. And it was just a beautiful thing to see, and it was amazing. And um, I personally learned a lot about myself, about my mind, and it was amazing. I feel closer to God. And I hope that all the campers here tonight will put their camp experience into their lives and that they will apply it to their everyday life now. And that's it. Thanks. You know, I think it was like two years we kept on hearing Mercy say, I want to go. I want to go. I want to surf. I want to surf. So I'm glad you made it this year. You made a great impact on many that were there. So I thank you for that. Sally, would you like to come up and share a little bit? <laughs> it's the mic, you know. It needs to be louder. I was not prepared for this. What's um, all this? Is that better? It's all right. I'll just turn no, it up, Jen. Leave it in the mic. Jen, I'll just turn it up. Okay. It's okay. 
Okay. Um, I was the photographer this year at camp. Um, I've been going to camp since I was really young, but I guess this year I saw it so differently because I was like behind the scenes. Um, and I guess my favorite part was I felt like I didn't really have a big impact in a lot of kids' lives because I was just a photographer. But um, <laughs> on Thursday night, a lot of the girls came up to me and just like started crying <laughs> and were saying thank you. And that really like impacted me a lot because I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know I did that. So that was really cool. But yeah, sorry, that's it. <laughs> All right, is there anybody else out there that would like to, maybe? All right, Tyler, come on up, buddy. Um, so, yeah, I have a just one story that I, of a kid, I, I won't name him, who, who I'd like to just share. But, you know, we showed up, and this is my first surf camp. And so um, I'm just kind of looking around, and I kind of know Pastor Dan. Like, I, I'd said hello to him. He kind of intimidated me to go into camp at one point. Just kidding. No, he didn't do that. Yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> he squeezed my hand pretty hard. But, um, so I show up, and I'm just, like, kind of looking around, introduce myself to a few people, and there's this camper who's arrived a little bit early. And I go, and I say, hey, like, what's up? Introduce myself to him. How are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, good. Um, first thing he has to let me know is, like, you know, my, I was like, so first year of surf camp? He's like, yeah, my dad forced me to. You know, I really don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to do the waves. don't want to do anything. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, just give it a shot, right? Maybe something will happen. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, cool, you know. And, and we kind of connected there. And I was always like, if you ever need anything, just holler at me. And so uh, it would go. And every night for the first couple nights, um, I would always just be like, hey, dude, I'd holler at him. And he would just kind of stir up. He'd be like, I don't want to be here. Like, this place is stressing me out. I hate the beach. I hate the sun. I just cannot do this. And he was always just on the verge of leaving. And it was like that for three days in a row. And then finally on the last night, he comes up to me. He's just like, I don't know about God yet or anything, but I have never had a group of people that I felt like I better belong with than um, the people here at surf camp and um, that whole time every night I talked to him I'd be like dude I know you're not enjoying it and like you're forced to be here but your dad had good intentions like this place is awesome you're around awesome people if you can just tough it out um, like this is how God works in our lives like we go and we do things that are difficult and that is where we find joy in life like God unearths that and I would just tell him that and um, God came through and that kid just totally experienced life and acceptance um, that he wouldn't have had. Because otherwise, you know, he I'll never forget, like, his threat was, like, he was like, I should just go home and just go sit in my room. Like, like I know I'm going to go home, my dad will be mad, but I'll just get to sit in my room and at least, like, there won't be the sun. You know, and I was just like, dude, you got what it takes. And finally, like, on the last day, like, I got to be like, yeah, you look. You did it. Um, and it was just God working in his heart. And God totally just woke him up and showed him just a taste of life there at surf camp. And it was just beautiful to watch. You know, Tyler is, um, he's a perfect example of um, when God wants you to do something, you never know if you really, really are supposed to go until a lot of people come up to you and say, dude, you're going to camp. And he did. And he was faithful there. 
Um, you know, the thing is, we got so many stories about camp. And you know what? Um, that young man came up to me and he said if it wasn't for Tyler and Malik, that he would have called his dad and said, come and get me. Um, he was just having a really, really tough time. And we just, we never know what's going on in someone's life. We just never do. Um, tonight you're going to get a chance to hear Jordan um, close us out with communion. And he was a perfect example of this other young man that Jordan didn't want to be around anybody. He didn't want to talk. He didn't want nothing. He just uh, was very standoffish. And um, Lord really <laughs> touched his life big time at surf camp. And um, and now he, he he just won't shut up for the Lord. He's just like fired up. And, you know, maybe shut up's the wrong word. I'm sorry. But he, he just has this heart. It's just burning and desiring and everything he touches and sees and, and looks at it. It's got Jesus in there. He's got Jesus in it. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see that. And we, we see that with all of the, the leaders where they are now. Um, this year we had a young group, um, that went, uh, meeting a lot of junior hires. Um, junior hires, um, some of them, uh, do fine away from home and some of them don't. Um, they don't want to be away from home. And, you know, it's a tough time, but we see that the growth came out of that big time and now they'll go every year to camp lord willing otherwise we'll be surfing the waves in heaven you know but that's how it works you know they they get to the point where they're senior and then they're like what do i do now and this year we had the youngest group of leaders and that's a beautiful thing logistics wise drivers it's terrible because they can't drive the youth but it's a beautiful thing because you see that the fruit you lay down here like you're going to hear from namir tonight and you know what i can't share the story about namir without crying i just can't because he started out as a junior hire that didn't even know how to boogie board or anything to the point now he's my right-hand man, and he's going to school to be a pastor. He has a heart for the kids. He loves the kids. Comes up with these weird chants and stuff. He has all these weird nicknames and stuff. But he loves the Lord so much, and he loves the kids. And like we had Mercy share, who knows what God's going to do. She could be the next young lady counselor ministering like Sally did. And I see that, and you see that, and that's the whole vision through this whole thing. So now what we're going to do is we're going to break it down into, um, actually I want to read these first. These are uh, camper experience cards. Um, we hand these out at the end of camp, try to get an idea. If they gave their life to the Lord for the first time, a recommitment, uh, what's their age, what grade are they in, their phone number, just so we can stay in touch. Kind of like when you go to a harvest crusade, you know, you have the, you go down on the field, you accept Jesus Christ, and you have a follow-up card and everything. Well, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, this one, I'm not going to say who it is. Um, it says, I had a blast at surf camp. I, it helped me open up more and meditate on my thoughts. I won't. I want to take away after camp to not ignore my emotions, to trust God with my heart, soul, and mind, and put it all in practice. Another one says, I want to set better priorities to need and pray more. Was an awesome week. God is everything in my life. Love you guys. Another one, rethinking my relationship with Christ to worship him better. 
Another one says, I had such a blast. The leaders were so much fun. Must have been talking about you guys. Um, so much fun that you, thank you for pouring out into my life. I will remember this camp forever. And lastly, is I love this experience is the best. I like everything. The messages are real and really important. And I want to be a counselor the next year. Text me. I love this. So see, there's someone already wants to be a leader. And that's the whole vision that we started 15 years ago with, with what we were doing. So right now what we're going to do, some of you got the journals here. Um, I'm going to break it down into what, what the outline was. The theme this year was reset, um, as you've seen on the back of our seats, shirts. Um, you know, the thing is, is normally I like to have the mess, what, what the message is going to be and the, the direction of camp way beforehand so I can at least have it all done and then kind of breathe the last few weeks of school because it always ends at the same time. It never works out that way. And this year I had a really tough time. What is, what's the theme for camp? What is it? And it just, you know, I kept praying and fasting and praying and fasting and finally reset came to my mind. So I started putting together, you know, my thoughts about it and stuff. And, and I looked up on Google. Of course, everybody likes Google search, you know, not just for directions. So I typed in there, uh, Christians were with the word reset was just really basic. And oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe how many testimonies that just come up, just list of them, of people where they're in worship service and all of a sudden God gives them a word and it's reset. Or they're praying in a prayer um, uh, prayer room and reset comes to it. Reset over and over and over and over. And I'm just like, wow, this is kind of crazy. I guess I'm not just a special one. I guess everybody else is special too. Um, they got the same message. But I'm going to take this message and we're going to give it to the youth. Because 2020, I know we keep on talking about it. We keep on talking about the pandemic and everything. But you know what? It left scars on everybody. It left scars. I don't care if we're kids. I don't care if we're adults. It left scars. People are still scarred from it. 2021, trying to get back into the groove of things. All this, this, and that. Well, you know, tonight, I'm I'm sorry. The ones that are here, I am so thankful you're here. But I literally, in my head, visioned a whole sea of surf camp shirts just going up these rocks you know what i mean and and i know you guys would probably think that would be pretty cool too you know if we just like all you guys that come on sunday nights like whoa what's going on invasion of surf camp people that's what i was hoping that's what i was praying for but god has a different plan and the year 2022 it's totally different meaning that we don't make commitments we don't make we don't go out of our way it's like ah just stay at home ah just stay here you know my son's the same way. He's 18. He enlisted in the Navy. He's getting ready to go out and take us physical for his next contract. But he's like, he trains and he lays around. Trains, lays around. And it's it's the culture. And it's just not the youth. It's adults too. So it's like reset. What is it that we need to reset in our lives? What is it that we have turned away from God? I mean, it's real casual now. We can just sit on our front front room, you know, on our couch, laying around, you know, we can be in our pajamas or whatever, watching church, and we're like, ah, I'm not knocking it because we watch Jack Hibbs in the morning, but I go to church in the evening. I, I need I need this one on one fellowship. I need to be in a bro- brother and sister relationship. I need a hug. I can't hug the TV. There's no emotions there. I'm not being fed by. The, I'm being fed, but not the same. And that's what's beautiful about our church. When the pandemic hit, our youth group were still meeting. We never stopped. We were 30, 40 strong, but things changed. So then Sunday nights 
youth weren't coming anymore. They got other things they're doing. They're working or whatever. So now we move it to Tuesday nights. By the way, that's a plug for this Tuesday. We're starting back up in, in Fern Rock House, 5 o'clock. But anyway, so we need to reset. There's things that we have kind of dwindled away. We've got caught up in the things of the world. Maybe our, our prayer life's not the same. Maybe our worship doesn't look the same. Maybe our Bible reading isn't the same. Well, with the youth, it's a lot of things, you know. The culture says you got to look this way. you got to act this way. If you're not like this, you're not cool, you're not accepted. So I started with a message of reset. And then Tuesday morning, we went to repurpose. Tuesday night, relook. Relook at what we're doing. Wednesday morning, reconciliation. What do we need to do here? Wednesday night was reconnect. Thursday morning was recommit. And then that led into our baptism on Thursday. Thursday night, we had Jonathan Trask come, did a beautiful job, and it was redesign. How do we redesign what we're doing? And then Friday morning, we ended with rethink. Yeah, read this, read that, read that. Yeah, those are the things we have to do. What does the word reset mean? To set again or anew. To set again. It's kind of like um, if you. Uh oh. Um, kind of like your favorite song, you know, you, you, you start it and oh, I like the beginning of that. You reset or you, we hit rewind. There's things that we need to rewind our life. If, if there's other words called recover, reboot, restart, rewind, reset, readjust, restart or refocus. The things in our life we need to reset. What may they be? When you decide to follow Jesus, you become a new person. Or when you return back to Christ, you reset. Well, the theme verse was what? Romans 12.2. Don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think when you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yes, on the back, one of the kids showed me that I left out the T in perfect. Guess what? I'm not perfect. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's those, all those things. We're a new creation when we, we give our lives to Christ. And what does that look like? We had some that just recommitted their lives at camp. And man, we had some on the front row that just made their first commitment. I'm here to share, share with you. A parent came up to me and said, hey, my whole family's been caught up in Mormonism. But we left. We've gone to the, we've become Christians and we're going to a Bible teaching church. But my daughter, she's not, she's not converted yet. But last night before camp, she, we stayed up until 1.30 in the morning and I wanted to know more about Jesus Christ, she said. So we sat up until 1.30. We're supposed to be here at 10. I guess that's not bad. I mean, I'm, I'm up way before them, but that's enough hours in there for sleep. But she wanted to know more about Jesus Christ before camp. Well, I'm here to tell you. I told her, I said, you know what? Normally, sometimes we'll let the counselors know this one I didn't. I just, you know what? Whatever God's going to do, God's going to do. And I told her, you know what? We'll just be praying and we'll see what God does. None of the other counselors knew. I just, you know, it's between God and I and her. And that girl accepted Jesus Christ on the first night we had the opportunity for the altar call. And when she came out to be baptized... And I ask, we ask every one of them, you got Jesus Christ living in your hearts? Why are you being baptized? Anybody making you be baptized? No. And why are you doing it? And they tell you. 
man, she came out of that water changed. Changed. That's the power of Jesus right there. It's not the power of us. It's not the cool shirts. It's not everything that goes into it. It's all just part of the element. But she realized there was something that she needed to reset in her life. Now, maybe you'll understand a little bit here later. See, the thing is, this is just paper right here, but there's a symbolic thing to it. If it stays right here, there. Um, What we did is we had kids... We had leaders. I'm going to do it tonight, too. I know that we just got back from camp, and we shouldn't have to reset anything, but, you know, we are sinful nature, and that we have things in our lives that we need to continually offer up to God. Mine is uh, letting God take over and me getting in the way. Sometimes my OCD picks up real bad, and I want everything to be perfect, and God says that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be blessed. Oh, come on. There you go. Don't trim your nails just before you do this. It doesn't work. Okay, I'm going to have, um, I'm just going to have Malik come up. Malik, just like at camp, will you come up and take care of that for me? All right. As a result of becoming a new believer, we have to reset in life. And like I said, it could be anything. Like I said, for me, it's struggling. Like, I want everything just perfect. You know, um, that student that came up and told me that the tea was missing... He has no clue how much that bugged me afterwards. Just like, I can't believe I did that. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this at 3 in the morning. I don't know, you know. It's probably the same on the shirts, too. Oh, snap. Someone's going to be pointing that out in my Starbucks line. Hopefully not. It's there. It's Is it? It is. Okay. So, all right. So, anyway, you know, I'll blame Illustrator. I don't care. It's a beautiful design, right? Okay. Um, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank God for that. You know, these kids come with trials. They come with situations. We have no clue why they're at camp. This young man, his dad wanted him to come. But obviously, he really didn't want to come. And he reminded me of one guy. um, I knew him well, so don't think I'm a bully or anything. But um, he came to camp, and he's in jeans and a long sleeve shirt, and he's sitting there at the beach. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, Dad, it's just it's cool. It's okay, you know? I go, no, this ain't okay. The water's fine. The sun's good. And I said, look, if you come this way tomorrow, I'm carrying you out in the water. Well, I carried him out in the water. Needless to say, he came that way. Um, but anyway, he so he went and changed into his shorts. You couldn't get him out of the water then. But some of these kids, they don't know. They just don't know. We don't know the reason why they're there. And we just got to love on them show them Jesus. But the whole theme behind this was just the reset. And it could be anger issues. You know, the, what the kids deal with today? I mean, you've seen those commercials about, you know, what nicotine does to your human mind and attitude and, and how it affects their, their attitude, their anger, and their opportunity to focus and stuff. And like, oh, no, no, that can't be. No. Yeah, it, it's really true. Because you got to remember, if if... If an adult smokes and they've used to it, but a kid tries it for the first time, whether it's a vape pen or whatever, it's the first time it has an effect. 
And these poor kids are being told these lies and it's just all around them. And the thing is, is the temptation comes from their friends. Now I'm going to jump back to my back of my message here real quick because I want to tell you a theme or a quote that I gave him. I said, I said this, be who God wants you to be, not what others want to see. And it's so true. We're supposed to be what God wants us to be, not what others want to see us as. And these kids try so hard to be like others. Oh, well, hey, everybody's doing that. Okay, I'm going to try it. You know, it, it's real. It's it's sad. It's It's a real problem. And these kids get roped into it. We have struggled. We have become distant. We have become numb to life. Now, not numb as Namir is numb-numb, but numb. We're like... The things that we get used to. It's like, you know, it's kind of like if you're used to watching um, TV with cuss words in it, and then you ask that person, you ask that kid, well, dude, isn't there a lot of cussing in that that movie? I don't know. I didn't notice it. And then if you watch it, it's like blank, 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 blank. And you didn't notice that. It's because they came numb to it. You know, hey, everybody's, everybody's vaping. Everybody's doing it. They just come numb to it. They just do it. They get caught up in it. So there's things that these kids come with that need to reset, but it's even us. Another thing I need to reset, I need to pray more. I need to take less time doing all this busy stuff. You know, I'm a teacher and I'm supposed to have summer off, but I'm still working. You know, it just don't work that way. I need to take time for the Lord. I need to meditate. I need to read a little bit of scripture and just focus on it and let it, let it penetrate from here to here. 12 inches saves your life. 12 inches is from your brain to your heart. It's time to reset, rethink, and reposition. That's a task. That's a, that's a challenge. We have to reposition ourselves. What does that look like? Maybe not hanging out with those bad friends. Maybe not doing those things that we know that we shouldn't be doing to spend more time in the Word. Maybe more time in prayer. Maybe more time in reaching out to people like you and Malik did to that young man. You saved that boy. You saved him from going home and missing what Jesus had for him. And he may have said, well, I don't know about Jesus, but he got a lot of it. He got it every night and every morning. And everything we talked about, well, food factor was a different story. That wasn't Jesus in there. That was just me having fun. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, they, they have so many things that they come with. Namir, come here. Once again, they're just writing something that, you know, they need to reset. Like, I'm going to fill out one right now. You don't have to worry if you wrote neat. God knows your heart. (laughs) What these things do is we represent giving them to the Lord. And in Zechariah... 1319. This wind is really. There. I feel like a kid in classroom, you know? Okay, Zechariah 13.9. It says, I will bring the one-third through the fire. We'll refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, this is my people. And each one will say, the Lord is my God. The commentary for that verse is this, God, one God, the great struggle throughout the Old Testament was establishing a people who truly truly believed in and relied on God. 
This verse looks to the day of the Messiah when the remnant will truly recognize Yahweh, Israel's God, as the only one worthy of worship and service. Now, this is Old Testament days. If you look at today, aren't we in that same struggle? He's still looking for the people that are true, the people that are refined, the people that are following, the people that want to be reset. He assures his tested and refined people that he still claims them as his own. They respond by committing themselves to him as their God. That's what camp was about. Reset. Commit to the Lord. Put these things here. Now, I had a lot of youth come up. I opened it up. Is there any others that want to come up? And, you know, I, I thought it was just going to be like five or so. But how many? How many? It was a handful. It was a good group of people. This is the first night, you know. First night, everybody's just trying to figure out what's going on. There is chaos is going. And I'm like trying to do a, dude, you know, you got to have a, a, a Jesus meeting meeting right here. And they're all wound up. What team am I going to be on? When are we going to bed? I don't want to go to bed. Where's candy? Whose tent am I sleeping in? You know, all those crazy things. But the first night, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was opportunity where it already started what God was doing that night. So we learn here. Oh, by the way, is there anybody else that want to, anything? You want to? <laughs> Jeez, I just want to get involved here. Anybody else? Nobody? Okay. Um, so in scripture, it talks about where God refines us like fire. Silver. Now, what, what metal? Does anybody know what metal's harder to purify than silver or gold? Which one is it? Anybody? No? No? Silver. No, silver. Good. She kept saying gold. No, gold. No, gold. No. Silver, yes. Actually, silver because it has more contaminants in it. If you ever see silver melted down, you see all these black veins going through it. It looks really cool. It's like kind of marbleized, you know. Um, but they have, to, they have to refine silver over and over and over to get those pigments out of it. Now, some of us sitting here, we're like gold. We're, you know, we're cool. We get that little refined fire and we're good. Not me, man. I was like this big, ugly chip of silver, you know. And he had to burn me and burn me and burn me over and over to refine me. Well, the thing is, is like this here, we write down the things that we need to reset from, resist from, turn over. And we put it in here. And we know that the fire of God is purifying. So then we just go over here. We just go like this. You guys ready? All right. Just like that. Just like that. Didn't even touch my Bible. That's pretty amazing. And look, no residue. No residue. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If you like that, I'll be around all night. No. Um, this here, um, you know, it's called flash paper, if anybody's wondering. Um, it's exactly how God is. You know what I mean? When, when we ask God to forgive us of our sins, they're forgotten. They're forgotten. If we ask for forgiveness, it's forgotten. Not like us when our friend comes up and says, hey, will you forgive me? Well, let me think about it. I'll get back to you. And we kind of hold on to those grudges and things like that. No. When we ask God to forgive us, it's that instant. It's pure. It's no residue. This is what amazed me. The flame's cool and everything, but there ain't nothing left there. I can eat off of this. I mean, there's nothing there. There's no ashes, no nothing. Oh, by the way, honey, the ones I used at camp, I just shoved them back in the cupboard. 
Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so the thing is, is that's exactly how God is with us. And so many times the enemy says, oh, dude, you can't, you can't go to Jesus for that. You can't ask for forgiveness. He's never going to forgive you. Can you believe what you've done? Can you believe it? How is he going to forgive you? Why? And God says, oh, dude, just cut the head of that snake right off. That's a liar, killer, and destroyer. And he's going to deceive you all of your days if you listen to him or you even give him breath. You know, a lot of times we give Satan credit. Well, you know, I'm really struggling today. The enemies at work hard. We just gave him credit. You know, get behind me, Satan. You know, off with your head. We got to remember that. But this here is a perfect resemblance of what God does in our lives. When we ask for forgiveness, it's just that instant. So I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to bring Namir up. Let's hear it for Namir. Hello, hello. Ooh. See, at surf camp, Dan made me teach on Wednesday. On Wednesday, I know I, you asked. I, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Let me exaggerate a little bit. And Wednesday, you basically have to um, really project, or else they will not hear you at all. Which is great because if you guys know me and like get to know me, I can be really loud. So he, he knew what he was doing there. Which is funny because I used to get in trouble a lot, at work a lot, because you know I'd just be talking to people, and because I had the mask on. I, I, you know, if I'm trying to like talk quiet, they can hear me. So I'd be talking like loud, and they're like, "Dude, why are you yelling?" I'm like, I, "This is just how I talk. I'm sorry." <laughs> but let me uh, give me a second. How are you guys doing tonight, though? Good, good. Let's see. Hold on, I'm just I'm getting set up real quick. Do do do. Thank you. Ooh, here we are. All right, so the one I got for um, uh, the the title in the little booklet was um, Reconnect, you know, reconnecting with the Father, reconnecting with Jesus. And what does that look like? What, uh, you know, and Whoa. I am a klux. But, you know, um, I got to share a little bit of my testimony at the camp. You know, there was a period of time where... Um, a lot of stuff happened. I, I'm not going to go into detail because, you know, I don't want to take up the entire night. But, you know, just say kind of like, like, and a good way to say it is like wave after wave after wave of just like stuff that was kind of just very tragic. You know, at one point I lost my job. Uh, one, it, it all happened at the same time. It was during 2020. COVID, to me, you know, I, I know it was hard for everyone. But, you know, to me, the, the, the virus was at least my problems because a lot of other stuff just got packed into that as well. You know, pretty much lost everything. And, you know, at, at that point, you know, because I was I was in full-time ministry, you know, I was just more focused on like every time we come in my prayer life, every time I'd come to God, I'd be like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How do you, who do you want me to love? The only thing God would tell me was like, hey, Namir, I love you. And you know, I was like, okay, cool. What do you want me to do today? Who, who do you want me to minister to? Who do you want me to reach out to? Hey, Namir, I love you. And it was like that for a while, every time we came up to pray. And at one point I got frustrated and I said, okay, why do you keep telling me this? And he said, until you understand what it means that I love you, I'm pulling you out of ministry right now. 
And, you know, and like you can look at that as like, oh man, like no, he wanted to reconnect with me to like you know the most basic principle. I feel like a lot of us in the brotherhood and you know in our in, our, in the church we kind of lose focus on you know we get so distracted with with um, different problems you know work school. Um, what's going on in the media? What's what like who uh, personal issues that we we forget the whole reason we're here is because Jesus loves us. You know, if you how many guys got your Bibles today? Yay, cool! Yours down there. You can come get it if you want. Um, but if you guys want to turn with me to First Corinthians, you know, when you stay connected, you get the good uh, to Jesus. Good stuff comes out of your life. Now I asked, you know, I want to ask you guys too. What is the good stuff that comes out of your life? You guys, this is like free range. You all can answer if you all want to. What is the good stuff? I'm just going to call names then. Peace, hope, love, patience, eternal life. life. Who said love? (laughs) Uh, Malik over here. Uh, Kindness, good. Um, Malik over here, he, he knows my, my uh, notes because every time I'm at work with him, I pretty much am talking about this all the time. And I went up to give the message. He was like, you pretty much just went on like whatever you, you basically, everything you were telling me, you just taught in the message. Like that's because that was what God was teaching me. And that's this, that's the exciting part, you know, is when you go up to, you know, speak to the kids, you know, it's, it's not, you know, oh, I have to study like the theology. Like I love theology. It's great. But you know, the greatest thing you could teach the kids is how, God speaks to you and how God loves you. You know, that's one of my biggest hearts is, um, in, in, um, you know, kind of in youth ministry is, you know, I want the kids to know that they can connect with the Father. They connect with Jesus and they can have a personal relationship with Him. And it can, it's very transforming. Now, if we continue, sorry, I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 13. God eats popcorn. One through three. The way of love. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but not ha- but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and instead understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, del- I have and deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own weight. It is not terrible or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, they will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then to face to face, now I know in part, then I now shall fully know, even as I've been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And you know, love is, you know, I, I... There's so much I can just want to explain. In fact, one of the girls uh, messaged uh, messaged me, got a hold of Pastor Dan, and then uh, he gave her her number. And she's like, okay, Namir, you you talked about love. You talked about, you know, loving other people. How do I do that? And to me, this um, this was a great question. 
because, you know, a lot of times I've, I've come in, like, you know, in ministry, people are like, okay, I want to get better at knowing the Bible. I want to get better at, you know, knowing um, the, 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 the Greek, the Hebrew uh, theology. I, I want to get better at knowing, like, the spiritual gifts and, like, you know, how God uses that in our lives. Those are all good. Those are all great. But love is, that is, the, that's the gasoline to being a Christian. That, 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 if you look, at, and John talks about this in First John as well, that God at his very core is love. And, you know, if, if you don't have this, is it, it brings up a very interesting question. If you don't have love, do you have God in you? Because God, in his most purest form, is love. Out of love, he sent his son to die for us. Out of love, he heals the sick. And out of love, he, he provides for the world. And I, I asked this question, so what does that love look like? And I went over to Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 through 48 if you guys want to look come that come and look at it with me you have heard it that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For you love those who love you. What reward do you have? Do even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do even the Gentiles do the same? You know, to, to shorten this, you know, Jesus is talking about, hey, you guys, like, you guys love on the same people. You love on, you know, the people that you connect with, that you're close with. But here's the thing. Everyone does that. You know, your, your secular, uh, coworkers, they do that. They love on each other. Um, the, the Gentiles, the pagans do that. So what separates that? You know, it, it, one is knowing that, that God loves you and knowing that you are loved by God. And that, that, and that is something why, why Jesus took me out of ministry for a little bit is because I lost sight of that. And, you know, here's the thing. I, found my faith in the Lord at six years old and you know and I'm 23 now so somewhere in the middle I got distracted with everything else I get distracted with myself I got distracted with with outside thoughts and God brought me back to the very basic principle which is love and you know it's very encouraging very hopeful and I just love that this camp very much we want to get bring people back to you know where it starts the reset button how do you reset God. God. What is God? God is love. Jesus is love. Agape love. You know, it's so cool and interesting and seeing, you know, not even the youth kids, you know, seeing like how they, how, you know, if you just show them love and kindness, God will show up. You know, you don't, you don't have to be like, you know, going up to them and be like, hey, Jesus loves you and here's all the Bible verses, here's all everything. Jesus loves you. If you just say, hey, how are you doing, man? Hey, you want to hang out with me? And you just, you, you, that's one thing why, like, when you read about when Jesus was playing with the kids, Jesus is playing with the kids. He, he's not, you know, and they're, they're like, no, take him away because he needs to teach you. No, Jesus said, no, let them come to me. And that's, that's the, it's the heart of youth ministry. And honestly, I'm, I'm very happy, you know, Dan has been in my life and he can, has continued to be in ministry out of love you know i think that that is just the the create like the desire in my heart is like these kids know that they are loved because without love of god and without christ without jesus everything is gone you can have have it all you can 
you know, may, it may look like you, you have the, you know, the gifts of prophecy. You can have the best theology. You can have the best knowledge. But if you don't know how to love someone who's different than you, do you have God? Do you have Jesus? Do you even know who the Father is? And, you know, and so, like, I feel like Jesus has been taking me on this journey. And it's, it's awesome just to share it alongside with kids and with other believers and be like, you know, Jesus loves you. And that's, that's where we need to get back to. That's our reset is that how much Jesus loves you and he wants to connect with you. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got right now. You know, um, that's, that was a little bit, I don't want to go too much. You know, I, I can talk about this all day. In fact, when the, uh, when the girl sent me the text, I sent her, uh, <laughs> I showed Pastor Dan because she, she, he was like, what, what did you, what did she ask about? And I sent her her text and I was like, okay, this is hers and this is mine. And, and you know, because I feel like I can go ramble on about this. I think, you know, it's kind of like how Paul talks about, like, granted for your sakes, we are in our right state of mind because in Jesus we're out of our mind because that's how powerful the love of God is. So, you know, I just hope you guys can take something away from that. Um, with that, Jordan's going to be taking communion. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would like to um, actually kind of like share something about Jordan too, you know. Um, there was a time when, um, during the entire COVID season, and when God called me out of ministry, um, you know, one day I was just praying, I was meditating, reading my Bible. I think he, it was either you or I that like reached out to each other. Do you remember? I think it was you. I think I reached out to him and I was like, hey Jordan, how you doing? And he was like, I'm pretty good. And then all of a sudden, like, immediately, while I was awake, I had this uh, this vision. And I saw Jordan die. And I was like, ah, okay. And then I called him. I was like, Jordan, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm good. You know, I'm fine. I was like, okay, but there's something. You know, when, when the Spirit's moving you and you feel it, you're like, there's something wrong. And I had no idea what was going on. And so I was like, okay. I'm going to come hang out with you. When can you hang out? He's like, I can hang out tomorrow. I'm like, okay, cool. Now, granted, I had no idea how I was going to do this. You know, didn't have a job because of COVID. As well as, you know, Jordan was living in um, Costa Mesa at the time. I was living in Redlands. I didn't have a car at the time as well. And so I was like, ah, but God wants me to go there. And I was like, okay, wh wh what to do next? And I asked one of my friends, and she drove me down there, and we had a very good talk and discussion. Um I kind of just like, it was like, hey, Jordan, like, you know, this is what I saw. I kind of just shared, like, what, like, God kind of showed me. I was like, you know, you, you know, whatever you're doing right now, come back. And, you know, and it's like, Jesus loves you. And, like, it was funny because after that, he, um, coming back and he invited me to his church and he was like, yeah, thank you so much. And at first I was like, I, can't, I thought I was crazy. I was like, I don't know, like, why God sent me there. And then it turns out a lot of people, we're called to do that and they're like a lot of people were actually looking for jordan and i was like oh i i didn't know that that was like a big deal when people were like thanking me i was like i don't know what happened honestly but you know that's why my encouragement is you know even when things are going wrong always listen to the voice of god because you never know whose whose life it's going to affect you know don't don't focus so much on everything outside focus on the inside focus on jesus all right, I'll I've talked long enough. <laughs> so.
So I think everyone's got their communion and everything. Um, I love what that Namir said that because I was actually going to bring it up too. Um, before I actually get into the communion, I wanted to let you know. Oh, I wanted to let you know that for the first three months while I was down there, God let me do what I wanted. I was able to do anything. I was doing nasty stuff, you know, drinking and pretty much anything the world had to offer was open to me. And I was doing all of that. And then after three months, right when the third month hit, he sent Namir. And so me and Namir had like probably an hour long, two hour long talk for him driving over an hour to get there and an hour back. And so after that talk, I was sitting there and it was on my mind the whole time. I was like, man, okay, Lord. Because he had first asked me, and it still rings in my head to this day, is when he first got there, he was like, do you know who sent me? And I love how he said that, because I didn't answer it right. First, I was like, oh, was it my dad? My dad's actually here. But I was like, oh, was it my dad? Was it my pastor? Was it my youth pastor? Was it Dan? Was it... I was naming off human names. And then we went into just the hour-long talk. And then at the end of it, he's like, did you finally figure out who actually sent me? And it was amazing because then it clicked to me because then he I still didn't answer it. And he said, the Lord sent me. And then he actually got into the real discussion for 30 minutes. So we had the love part that we're talking about here today is we had the love and then we had the message. And so it was bringing me back into that mindset. Okay. The Lord sent him, and he had told he had told me the main thing was there's two paths I'm taking. And when I was living there, my friends actually moved up to Oregon, where I was living. And so that was the path. That was the choice. If I had went with them, I wouldn't be here today. Because as he saw, he I would be dead, whether it be spiritually or physically. And so just thinking about that, after the third month, it was ringing on my head the whole time. And then after that, I was like, man, this is crazy. And I'm still doing the stupid stuff. I stopped drinking, but still doing other stupid stuff. And next thing you know is um, after like probably the last month there, I was sitting there and I was thinking and I'm sitting there and the Lord's like, what are you doing here? You know what you're supposed to be doing? Just leave. And so I was already gave in my two week notice for my work. And I told my friends that that same night, I was like, look, I'm leaving. I can't live this anymore. And so I left and everything. And next thing you know is my pastor at the church told me that he knew he was going, I was going to come back. And he had told my dad that I was going to come back, told my brother, told my mom. And at first, I believe they didn't even really believe it. They're like, oh, he's not going to come back. And if he does, it's going to be a couple of years from now. And so that's the type of things that we're getting at is that was the whole entire message was that reset. After I came back, I reset my life. I let the Lord take hold of it. And before that, I had two surf camps I went to. But it took two surf camps and Namir coming and finally talking to me again to actually stick it. And so sometimes it's the next day and other times it's a complete year, two years, three years. You never know. And what we're getting at here and what I had told on communion when I did it at the uh, surf camp was communion itself, and I said it today at my church, was the bread is his body. You hear it, he said, this is my body given for you doing remembrance of me. 
Now, we take that for granted sometimes. Sometimes we just take it not even thinking of what it actually is. But it was his body that was beaten, that was completely mutilated. You guys, some of you have probably seen The Passion of the Christ, where it actually shows in depth of that. And so it just, it was his body given for you. And so I'm going to read it right now. But, oh, wait, I lost my place now. There it is. In Luke 22, verse 19 and 20. And if you would um, open up your communions, if you don't have it opened up already. It says, in 19, And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Oh, I took the wrong one. <laughs> I'm out of the, I'm out of my own mind today. But you're supposed to take the bread, not the cup. <laughs> I have the bread still. Thank you, though. Yeah. But after you take the bread, then it says, In the same way after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And so that's when you would drink it. But not like me, don't drink it first. But the blood was poured out for the forgiveness of all everybody's sin. And we have to take a moment and sometimes think about that. He reset us just from the cross, from the blood that in the remembrance of everything that he had for us. And so the Lord wanted to take that and just wash it away. And that's what this time is for, is you take a time and the worship can come up. Just take a time and think about that. Have that in your mind. Think of the things that that actually represents in your life, that he washed away from your life, that he reset in your life. And I remember when we were sitting at the camp, it was still sort of messed up just like today. We ended up taking the communion first, and then I was supposed to lead him and, you know, kind of mess it up. But I was also told last minute on Monday. But it's still, it's just... The way the Lord works is always funny. Like, he has a, he does have a sense of humor. We all know that. But at the same time, he has a perfect and pleasing will for everybody. And so just take that moment and just think about the things that he's clearing out of your life. That's what we were doing at Surf Camp is thinking of the things that are resetting in our life. The things that God changed in us.